On February 9th of 2004, 21-year-old UMass student Maura Murray drove from her dorm in Amherst, Massachusetts to the White Mountains of New Hampshire. At approximately 7.27 p.m., Maura spun out her 1996 Saturn on a hairpin turn on Route 112 in North Haverhill. There has never been a credible sighting of Maura since. Maura is 5 foot 7 inches tall. She weighs 120 pounds, and she has brown hair and hazel eyes. If you have any information regarding Maura's disappearance, please submit it to us, the Murray family at Direct at gmail.com, or the New Hampshire State Police Cold Case Unit. This is Missing Maura Murray. Welcome back to Missing Maura Murray. I'm Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? I am doing fantastic. Happy holidays, Tim, to you and yours. Thank you very much, Lance. Happy holidays to you and yours as well. And to all our listeners and to the great people of this community out there. We know you are strong and resilient and inspired. And uh, that inspires us. Exactly. We've been through a whirlwind of a year, uh, not only on Missing More Murray, but, you know, just the world in general and all the other shows that, that we are part of, including the shows that are on the Crawl Space Media Network. We hope that 2021 will be just as productive, just as motivational, and we can't wait to have you all along for the ride. And we truly appreciate each and every one of you. Absolutely. And Lance, for this episode, we speak with Rachel and Ashley from the new site Uncovered, and you can find it at uncovered.com. And really what they're doing is building a community, a community of people who want to help solve cold cases. It's really remarkable the work they've been doing so far. Yeah, it really is. And speaking of new positive movement in 2021, it's really fitting that we're ending this year with this episode and Uncovered.com because this project that they are building is an amazing interactive version of, say, the Charlie Project. Uh, very interactive, very community-based. And I'm really happy with this being one of the last episodes of the year for 2020 because this is something that we're going to go into the next year with. And we're going to help them build it out. And we're going to really utilize the energy and the strength of the community on their website they describe it as using the power of collective impact to bring peace to families of murdered or missing people by combining data technology and the wisdom of the community i think that last line is truly important i couldn't have said it better myself and uh, this is an inspiring project and i agree lance so this will be nice to take forward into the new year with us this kind of feeling and inspiration so i hope you all agree and i hope you all check out uncovered.com and follow them on social media there are links in the show notes
welcome to the podcast, Rachel and Ashley of Uncovered. How are you today? Great. How are you guys? We couldn't be better. We're really excited to have the two of you here today and to talk about this uh this project, this mission that, that the two of you have that you're so good at doing. Um, but yeah, and you're so busy too. So thank you for joining us. We, we really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. We're excited to be here. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about your backgrounds before we get into your very interesting project. Yeah. So I'll jump in. This is Ashley. Um, my background is in marketing and community development. Um, I'm a former educator and I've worked with nonprofits for the last 15, 20 years. Um, so my background has been in activating people for good, whether that be um, environmental justice, education, um, or even activating the tech community here locally in Indianapolis. Um, I've always focused my career on bringing people together for a bigger cause. Um, and marketing has been a component of that, just kind of storytelling and making sure that everyone feels like they're part of, of a journey that we're going on. Um, and I'm Rachel from Uncovered. And um, I've got two different stories in my background. So my day job is a lot of um, data and analysis and data science. And you'll see how that's going to play into Uncovered's uh, project here in just a second. But also I'm... Um, just working on my dissertation now in forensic psychology. So obviously that has a, a link to this genre. Um, uh, mostly my dissertation is focused on um, wrongful convictions, uh, looking at false confessions and how those can be uh, interpreted by the jury. Who else is on your team? So we have three other members of the Uncovered team um, who focus also kind of in that tech, data, product development background. Um, but we are all, um, you know, consumers of true crime and cold cases. And that's kind of how we all kind of came together. Um, really kind of an origin story goes back to Anna, who is our product developer. Her and I went to college together. Um, and this was something that we had kind of bonded over was just these notion of these stories that we would read, you know, in college. Um, and her cousin actually went missing when, um, I was a senior in college and I believe she was a, a junior. Um, she's still a cold case, still disappearance here in Indianapolis. Um, but out of that, her family was able to create Molly's law. So um, they were able to advocate um, for people who have gone missing that you don't have to wait, you know, 24, 48 hours to look for someone when they go missing. But that's something that really kind of stuck with us of knowing someone that we weren't just reading these stories of interest and entertainment, but um and then, you know, Anna and I just kind of stayed in touch and Anna's background has been building tech products here locally and nationally. Um, and she connected with Jim, who is another member of our team, who's very passionate about, about criminal justice reform. And they kind of conceptualized this idea of, you know, what if we could take these cold cases, missing persons, disappearances, and visualize them for people? Because we know that there's so much content that exists out there. But what if we could organize them in a way that people could kind of come in and build timelines, be able to see components of not just listening to a story or maybe watching something, but actually see a map, see people who are involved, visually see a timeline and be able to see places. We kind of liken it almost to like an ancestry for true crime. 
Um, and this is just something that we just kind of started with. And Anna was like, well, you should connect with Ashley. Community development's really important for her. Um, and I know that she's interested in this. That's how I kind of came on of how we could build a community around something that we all are interested in, but how we could activate people for good. So kind of move from this notion of just consumption, but also collaboration and creation and kind of spur out of this idea of just entertainment, but also advocacy. So we've been working on this for the last year. Rachel kind of came on too. I know Jim and Rachel were connected just kind of through happenstance for a project. And then we have another Ashley on our team also, who is um, just wonderful at kind of tying everything together. So for the last year, we have been working on this and COVID's really been something that's forced us to be um, all remote, which is actually wonderful for us as we're building a product that will be able to connect people all over the country, all over the world on these cases that people are listening to and connecting with. Um, but yeah, for the last year, we've been visualizing cold cases, um, building resources for people. Uh, we know that there are a lot of people like that, like us out there who are interested and probably Google something after they're done um, and find an opportunity to provide resources for them to be better at Googling, you know, digital literacy is really important for us to make sure that they're looking at accurate resources um, or that they're doing things in a thoughtful and important way because these just aren't stories. These just aren't statistics. These are actually people who um, are murdered or missing and their family is still looking for answers. And Rachel brings this amazing data component that's been able to kind of tie everything together that we're working on. So not just this warm and fuzzy of building a community around this, which is really important so people feel included in the process, but being able to connect it all with data so we can actually see our impact and how it's happening. Wow, really, really remarkable and really cool to see people taking a tragedy and trying to make something good, trying to create something more positive out of that. And the website is uncovered.com. And right there on the homepage, it says, we're using the power of collective impact to bring peace to families of murdered or missing people by combining data, technology, and the wisdom of the community. Um, it's incredible. It, we've been speaking about this for a few weeks now, and you, it's been in our world, in our orbit for a while. And to see it come together is really inspiring, uh, to say the least. So well done on this. Um, what is the definition of wisdom of the community? <laughs> well, I think, it, it, you know, when you jump into this um, sort of true crime world, I mean, you can see it in, in the people who respond to your podcast and the people who are on Get Vocal, there's a whole community around this. Um, and Ashley, in all of her community building skills, is developing a community around Uncovered. So it gives people who are like us, who are interested in these things and want to help, um, a place to go, a place to get reliable um, and accurate information, and to be able to talk about it in a useful um, way. You think of the notion, too, of collective impact, of people bringing different insights, different backgrounds, diverse perspectives, and maybe one person is really good at something, but they're not so hot at something else. This is an opportunity for knowledge transfer also. Mm -hmm. So whenever we have people who are interested in what we're doing, 
Um, I subscribe to the communications that we're putting out. We also have a citizen detective guide just to kind of show people tips and tricks. People download that. And we, we ask, you know, what's your, what's your superpower? Whether that's, I know how to Google, like it's nobody's business, or I have listened to every podcast that's out there over a certain subject, or I'm really good at looking at photos and being able to identify things that people aren't. Um, finding those opportunities to really elevate and leverage what people's insights and treasures are. So using that wisdom of a community of people who are really great at certain things and kind of coming together for a main mission and a main cause. How do you vet people who come to you and say, I'm really good at this? Like, let's say someone says, I'm really good at uh, applying for uh, Freedom of Information Act material. And then you find out that they they actually are not that good at it. Or maybe someone, even better example, someone comes forward and says, I'm really good at interacting with the families of victims. I know part of, um, you know, what we're going to be doing is some careful monitoring because you bring up the talking to the families and the victims. Um, That requires a special kind of care, um, a special sensitivity to what they're going through. Um, So, you know, it's through relationship building, but it's also through you're not allowed to be anonymous on our website. Um, we're going to vet those people and make sure that they do have the qualifications that they they say they do. Um, you know, what is a fact and, and, and all the things that go along with that, including who you say you are, is really important to us. Um, we're not going to we're not going to say that we have every single detail right and we've spelled everything right on our website, but through our platform, we're allow we're um, engaging people to keep us honest, to keep um, developing the facts and making them more clear and crisp and right. Um, so, you know, in terms of who we allow to do those things, it will be a very very careful vetting procedure built up over time and. And, you know, we, we are thinking about, you know, different tiers of members and maybe through engagement in the platform or some other credentialing process that you are moved to a more um, exclusive tier where you can make a different impact with the cases that we're working on. We're just getting started in this process, too. So part of what we're doing is is building things to see how people interact. So using our background in in technology to see, well, what motivates people when they do get to our site? What do they interact with? The feedback that we get from people. We administered a survey at the end of last year where we asked 500 people about true crime, how, you know, they consume information, what would spur them for action just to kind of see what that would be. And overwhelmingly, it was a connection to the victim. So we know people want to act for good. But second to that was location. So being able to find opportunities and resources that are localized to people, but building things that people will be able to utilize and then testing them with a small group. So every time anyone signs up on our website, again, we're just doing information share at this point as we're starting to build the platform and visualize cases. I email everyone individually and say, hey, this is who I am. This is what we're building. I would love to get virtual coffee with you. Um, And that's important to us to be able to meet people Um, So Lance, when you kind of talk about how we're kind of vetting people and and what does that look like? I mean, I want to jump on a Google Hangout with you or a call and get to know who you are, what motivates you. 
So building those personal relationships is important for us. And we're, we're acting in publicly available data. We don't want anyone doxing anyone. We don't want anyone kind of going down a rabbit hole or utilizing resources that aren't publicly available that we can't vet through three other resources. So we're really careful in what we're building to make sure that we're able to accomplish that as well. Really cool. And what are the goals? Like, uh, how do you, how would you expect Uncovered to grow if we're talking about, say, but put ourselves in 2022? We would love to have people connected to what we're doing. So right now we have close to 500 subscribers who are getting our content every week and are interacting on our site right now. We're able to see that um, nearly 40% of the traffic who's coming back and interacting with our site is returning traffic. So they're interested in the cases that we're visualizing since we're adding them in sprints. So kind of using that tech lingo of, you know, every two, three weeks, we're dropping new cases that were visualized. And to Rachel's point, it's not exhaustive. And we're doing that on purpose because we want people to interact. We want people to email us. We want people to provide tips or to say, hey, here's another verification point. Or have you thought about this? Or here's another resource that I think that you should list. So we would hope in the next year, the next two years, that we've been able to visualize way more cases. I mean, sad but true, there are over 200,000 cold cases that are out there. So the more that we can visualize, the more that we can get in front of people to get different insights, diverse opinions on, um, the more we can bring up those cases that don't get eyes on them. So unfortunately, whenever, you know, people kind of interact with information, we ask them, you know, what was your entry case or what are you following now? And for the majority, it tends to be stuff that we've probably heard a lot about. It's kind of like your John Benet's or those kind of cases. No slight. That's an entry point for people. But this is an opportunity for us to get cases in front of people that maybe they haven't heard about. So the Sage Smiths, the Joseph Smedleys, um, people who, ha- who don't necessarily have a voice and aren't getting in front of the media as much as they deserve to be and as much as they should be. And I would just add that our passion is for um, those marginalized um, victims, people like uh, transgender victims, um, LGBTQ, um, you know, racial minorities, things like that, um, sex workers, people that really haven't had a voice or who have been victimized the second time by the system who hasn't allowed um, their case to get solved or to get more attention. The, the layout of the website itself is really uh, intuitive and it's clean um, and sort of like a, uh, it's almost like a clean combination of, of all of the websites, like a Charlie Project or something like that. It's, it's like a combination of all of that, but very interactive too. Um, I'm, I just clicked on Shane Walker's profile and it immediately goes to the case overview you have uh, the tabs here, people that are associated, a timeline, a map, sources, and then most importantly is a spot very obvious on the uh, case overview where you can submit tips or information and you have crime stoppers and then you have the, I get like the liaison between the family members and, and an advocate and the police department or law enforcement in the area, but you also have a spot for uh, questions and theories. And was that anything that you were debating or perhaps considering this wouldn't be something you'd want to have on the website? Cause perhaps it could grow into like a, an animal that you can't control at some point. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I, I think we're always um, cautious about that because what we don't want to traffic in our rumors 
um, or, you know, things that would detract from focusing on the victim, right? So um, we're still seeing how that's gonna play out. You can see that there's not any in Shane Walker's case that you uh, referenced. Um, we're trying to be very, very careful in that area. And I think that'll grow as we grow and we get a little bit more information on that. Um, but I know that we're gonna have dedicated resources to monitor that stuff. Um, but I wanted to, to loop back to something that you mentioned, and that is it has a little it has little pieces from everywhere. And I want to acknowledge it, and we acknowledge the fact that there's a lot of podcasters, people have written books, bloggers, all kinds of information out there who have dug really deep into some of these cases. Um, and I think as a community, we have all of these different puzzle pieces to this bigger picture. Um, and what Uncovered is hoping to do is to bring all those disparate pieces together and to put it into the big picture so that maybe um, we can see the broader picture. We've got, you know, the 500 piece puzzle and we realize we have 450 pieces. Um, and here are just these little pockets of information that we still need to get yet. So, you know, it's us building our own product, but then interacting with the broader community to to um, collaborate on some of these cases that we're all interested in. Yeah, and, and I like what you kind of mentioned too, Lance, about what are these questions and, and theories. For us, it's an opportunity to provide a call to action for people. So yes, we want you to come and we want you to absorb accurate information. But if there's a, a question that's out there, that's where we could use the wisdom of the community to say, hey, have you seen, like, I was just looking at Asia Degrees case this morning, so we're kind of sending that out to um, our base tonight. There's a green car, a 1970s green car that, you know, was spotted her getting into possibly. Have you seen anyone in, you know, in 2016 that was released and that was already six years after she went missing. So those are some of the questions of, is that a, in, a, in an area? Is that a car that has been seen? Um, or, or different kind of components in some of these cases of if there's a red shoe, uh, particularly Kurt Sova's case, his shoe was missing. So that's an opportunity for us to, as we're building this platform, what are those gaps that we can then in turn use data con to connect with? So it's not only the outward facing component for us, it's really important for people to interact in, but for us, it's that opportunity to pull data from the back end to see what people are engaging with, what links, what keeps popping up that we're going to be able to kind of connect through some of those unstructured data notions that Rachel's been working really wonderfully on to kind of build out some of these rubrics or some of these ties that we can tie together that as we start to add more cases in, get more interaction and build the platform. As I said, we're kind of building this plan as we're filing it. That's why it's important to bring people into this process now to see what they want and what they'll interact with that we'll be able to utilize that from a data component and be able to connect, which doesn't exist, unfortunately, and particularly over through states too, to be able to see those patterns of where you know communities need more resources or where we see other patterns for other cases that are similar. Okay, and uh, you mentioned uh, Asia Degree. Asia was nine years old when she went missing uh, on February 14th in 2000 in Shelby, North Carolina. And uh, how did that case come to you, or uh, who, who chose to feature that case? I don't remember how we got that on our pipeline. Do you um, recall? Actually, 
there are many things that kind of factor into the cases that we look at. And, and as we said, we know there are so many. So for us, it's just starting to prioritize. Um, that's an anniversary case. So um, in February of this year was 20 years since she's been missing. So some of those things that pinged to the top, um, and for me, that kind of pedals in like the marketing component, I know that there are a lot of media stories that are out there. So that's an opportunity for us to capitalize on local media that's telling a story. Great. Then we can activate people to say, hey, you're listening to this case locally because we know that that sparks people to action. Come over here and look at everything that we visualize, everything that we've mapped out. So for Asia's case particularly, we knew it was an anniversary case and we're able to see what other information, what other stories are being put out there that maybe aren't necessarily even tied to the the cold case of the true crime community, but other people are listening. Um, and through that power of SEO, that power of more eyes, the power of the internet, we're able to get more information out there. So that's how that case was selected. Um, other cases that we kind of have on our list have come through from people that are interested in Uncovered that say, this case is something that I have followed or I've been very interested in. Can you please visualize it? Um, or we're working with other podcasters, you know, everyone's kind of looking at their 2021 schedule of what cases they're going to cover. And as Rachel mentioned before, we already know so much information is created. So much research is done, particularly hours and probably months just for usually, a, you know, a cast that's an hour, an hour and a half long. We want to take all that and be able to give it a new life and be able to visualize it for people. So we're working with local podcasters who are also looking at what stories they're going to cover. And if they're interested in something, then we're able to say, great, let's work together. We'll have a visual component and you'll do the storytelling component. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. Thanks to our sponsors. And now we're back to the program. Have you um, worked with law enforcement? Uh, what's your level of engagement with law enforcement in regards to this? Uh, do, are they aware in any way that you're, that you're out there? Are, are you on their radar somehow? Like I said, we're kind of just getting started, and that's not our main focus is law enforcement. We think it will be a wonderful byproduct, and it will be crucial to getting more information out there. But for us, it's an opportunity for those communities that's been overlooked and they haven't had maybe a focus from law enforcement to say, hey, we're, we're building this for us and by us and how we can kind of pull that together. And we want to engage them definitely in the process. But our main focus is the community and the victims that are out there. Yeah, that's great because not a lot of um, sites do this. Not a lot of platforms do this. They'll put the information there, but it's always about catching the guy, catching the catching the perp, you know. Um, this is uh, the visualization that can make it relatable to the victim and the family and anyone who is looking for this particular person and also bringing some sort of spotlight, shining a light on the marginalized section of this country that no one pays attention to and that needs to be addressed. So I, I like that your focus isn't so much on uh, the law enforcement aspect. I mean, we, we always talk about uh, how to maintain a good relationship with law enforcement and you two obviously will, but You'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. Hopefully you do have to cross the bridge. Hopefully there there is development um, per case, and, and you will have that moment where you have to have some sort of engagement with law enforcement. Um, so, no, that's great. I, I love that answer, and I'm curious if you would ever solicit maybe a retired police officer or FBI agent or U.S. marshal or something like that to hop on and like monitor some of the theories that that would be put into the dialogue boxes. 
Yeah, for sure. And, and as we're engaging with people, like I said, anyone who signs up, I'm in your inbox immediately wanting to meet you. Other members of our team are also doing that. So we're trying to bring as many people as we can and get those perspectives, not only if they're engaging, but what that would look like in, in the future. Because to begin with, first do no harm is what we focus on. And that's why publicly available data is what we, what we deal in. So we don't want to mess anything up that's, you know, being worked on, but we also want to make sure that we have more eyes on things so we can hold people accountable. We can hold our own communities accountable um, for the information that they're putting out there, the theories that they're building, that the questions that they answer, um, and that these cases don't languish and don't just turn into something that someone listens to on their commute or, you know, an episode they watch because they're stuck at home during quarantine, but they actually turn into action for people. And, and I think it's fair to say we have had some of those conversations with people. A, a big component of activating our community is also educating. Um, so it is reaching out to experts in um, related areas and talking to them. Um, for instance, Michelle from um, um, PIs yeah. for the Missing just shared blog, blog content with us. So, um, on no body cases. So it's important. It, it, Ashley talked about that a little bit earlier, digital literacy. Where do you search? Um, you know, there are certainly websites out there that have um, seemingly tons of, of information, but you know, we've all been there and we know it's kind of sketch and, and that's not us. So we're about educating people um, and learning how to consume information in a responsible way, um, and then bringing them along, um, you know, with other things as well. Um, so it's all, it's all part of it. And you also said that you were engaging with other podcasts. Yeah. A, a don't you dare. <laughs> I mean, there's no B, there's no B to that. It's I just mean, the a. yeah, there's just, there's just no B. Yeah. No, just kidding. Uh, that, that's very cool. Uh, who, who else? So we can, um, blacklist them. Yeah. <laughs> actually, uh, we, and we first were starting visualizing cold case chronicles, who is actually based here in Indiana. They're out of Avon. They're on a wonderful group of women. They do very thoughtful research, multi episodes on cases and they, uh, covered Molly's case to begin with. And like I said, that is important to us because it's near and dear to our hearts because um, that's someone that we knew. Um, but we were able to work with them to kind of visualize that. And then they also did Joseph Smedley, which was really important to us as well, like um, a suspicious death to be able to shine a light on that. So locally, we were able to work with them. Um, and we're having conversations right now with people as they're starting to kind of get their, their set list together for 2021 or what other research that they've been looking at. Um, which is great. And I, I will say this, I think we all kind of know that, but just to reiterate that this is a community that wants to be collaborative. And um, that's what's wonderful about what we're being able to build here is that this is a platform to elevate everyone, not only the victims to give them their names back and the families to provide closure, but the content creators to be able to connect them to other resources or other people out there who don't only want to consume their information, but then want to take it and turn it into something that could actually be realized and be able to engage other people. Um, so that's what's been exciting as we're starting to work through. We were just at CrimeCon a couple of weeks ago and have a list about a mile long of people that we're working through right now. And we just met with some other people this week who, um, this group of women from Texas who are interested in doing a case that we're going to be following along too. So, that's what's been exciting, that people see the importance of this, much like we do, 
um, A, the first thing out of everyone's mouth, whoa, hasn't this been created yet? Which, yes, obviously. <laughs> um, but B, how do we get involved? What can we do? What can, how can we help? Um, and that was the first question that every single one of us, since we've been working on this, is I hear about this thing. How can I help? So as we have conversations, even with you guys, that was the first thing out of your mouth too, is what can we do? How can we help? How can we provide things? That's what's been great. And that's what we truly believe that through that collective impact, how can I help? Just having someone ask that and what that they can provide is, is going to be um, monumental. I mean, technically it was the second thing out of our mouths because the first thing out of our mouths was, um, can we take credit for it? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh We'll we'll talk about that offline, but uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the step-by-step -step citizen detective guide that's here on Uncovered.com? Yeah, so uh, we kind of put that together because just as we're starting to think about what we want to build a platform to help people visualize, what were those components that when we start, we kind of walked ourselves through that um, exercise of, great, you've listened to a podcast, what's the first thing you do? For me, I would Google to see photos. So I want to know how to do a Boolean search so I can Google properly. So we were like, we know that that's important to show people how to do that. Um, we know that there are so many databases out there when you kind of start your search. Let's put them all in one place. Um, we know that there are terms that people, if they're in the chat room, they don't know what those are. So let's break those down for you. So really, it's an opportunity to kind of these questions that when you're starting out and doing some of this stuff, someone to kind of come along to validate to be like, yeah, you're doing it right. Or maybe here's something that you haven't considered. Here's two other things that you can kind of think of. And this also is just a version one. And we're getting feedback continuously from people of, hey, you should do a section on this, or you should do information about that. We just did a post about satellite imagery and that's kind of in there that there are so many websites and particularly for free where you can kind of go in and see satellite imagery old and new. So it's an opportunity again to visualize knowing that there are so many different types of learners and consumers of content out there um, to be able to have people kind of educate themselves along the way. And then as I start to build the platform to engage with people, we'll be releasing a workbook at the beginning of 2021 that kind of walks people through our process of visualizing a case because we know all this doesn't happen on screens that, you know, people like to lay out with paper, lay out with post-its and kind of have a process that they can go through and put out information that then we can take and then visualize in a next step. So that'll be something new that we're going to be releasing here in a couple months. But um, that citizen detective guide is something that we get constant feedback on, which is great. So we can release different versions of that. And then as we move forward, we've been talking about as a team, hey, who could we bring on and particularly the 500 people that we're interacting with every week that continues to grow as our subscriber list. Who could we have people jump on a call with? And to Rachel's point, what are experts out there who are actually doing some of this information? We've been fortunate enough to actually been meeting with library groups across the country. Um, again, COVID kind of did a number on a lot of public programming, but librarians are one that are very creative and find ways to engage people in unique ways. And we were seeing that across the country that there was a lot of true crime programming and it looked very different for every different branch but a lot of it did focus on that digital digital literacy and that's where we're getting some of that feedback from people of oh hey here's this resource that maybe you didn't know about and as a librarian i show people how to do this every day so we're able to find those people out there who have an interest that's not their day job but they're very much um, consumed in that so they're going to be able to kind of come along too and I think there's a, you know, just from a psychological aspect, so many people want to help, but they don't know what to do, right? 
the citizen detective guide tells you some things you can do. Um, for each of our cases, one of the things that we always try to think about is what defined component can we ask for people's help in? Um, it's, it, it's too hard. I mean, if somebody just said, well, I need your help, just go do whatever, that's such a daunting task. But if we, um, for instance, we're doing, if, if we're looking at Faith Hedgepeth's case where they have the audio, that voicemail, you know, one call to action is go listen to that voicemail and tell us what you heard. And I think Ashley's done such a brilliant job of, of breaking down pieces into nuggets that people can actually learn and, and know what to do. Um, so, you know, anytime we're trying to work with anyone or any case, we try to define those pivotal moments and then um, action against that so we can give people very specific things to look for. And where did you sort of source all this information from? Was it being uh, observant of what's going on currently in the true crime landscape and in, in the community overall? Uh, a combination of reaching out to experts like Tim and myself uh, <laughs> just kidding about that part but what was what was your process there to put together this um, this true crime uh, guide this citizen detective guide to tell you the truth user experience and that's what we're building with our platform too so if we know what we do and if we are also consumers of this product we know that it's an authentic approach to something and it's not, oh, if we can sell more widgets, we could just get people to do this thing. But if we know through these processes by which we're doing that, and then we layer it on top of having conversations with, with podcasters, with content creators, we layer it on what we're seeing um, kind of rise to the top on, you know, what people are talking about on Twitter, what people are, you know, showing on TikTok, what are other people kind of creating content around and how can we kind of come along in the process and say, oh, here's some other resources that we kind of found. Uh, and again, it's an iterative process. So as we hear more and we have more conversations, we're able to kind of create more content out there. But for us, it's what are things that we use and what do we know that people would also use? Give us an example of something you think uh, most people might not know uh, out there that is in this guide. For me, it was a Boolean search of like, I'll throw anything into Google because I cannot spell for crap. So it's like, I'll even throw that in there. Or I'll do math problems in there. But if it's an opportunity to say, oh, if I put this in parentheses or if I use the word and or the word or, it'll bring back way more data or information than I needed. Um, and it will also bring back stuff that maybe is not on the first five pages, but it's stuff down in like page seven or eight that doesn't get looked at, but should because it's really interesting. Um, so for me, it's, it's how to be a good steward of some of those resources that I use every day, but I'm probably not turning them, turning the volume up to, you know, 10. I'm probably only activating around like four or five. I, I was just going to say, just learning about the volume of information, databases, I mean, Ashley's um, always in my chat area in Slack with look at all of these databases I found. <laughs> it's, and it's alarming and exciting all at the same time. Now, Lance is uh, kind of an old soul and uh, he doesn't he doesn't really understand Internet acronyms. So uh, this page here in the PDF is going to be really useful for him. I don't even know what PDF stands for. <laughs> Yes, I, I have to use it, too. So it's a good thing Ashley put it out there. <laughs> well, I am curious. I wrote something down here. 
uh, about your connection with private investigations for the missing, because you mentioned Michelle, who is on the board. Tim and I are also on the board, and it's run by Bruce Maitland, father of Brianna Maitland. I feel like this is a tool that the people who access PIs for the missing services could really use, and I feel like this should be something that's that's linked. So there should I feel like there should be a link on PIs for the missing uh, to Uncovered, because there the information it's almost like this is where it goes beyond just the name you know pis for the missing we get the information emailed to us it's either from a family member or it's from somebody who knew the victim or the missing person uh, or a family member uh they knew the family member and there's not that human element right now on the website and and i think we've been looking for something like that like we need the the details so maybe this was just my uh clumsy pitch to get it linked onto pis for the missing website are you manifesting this is what i feel like is happening right <laughs> i i've typically manifest 20 hours a day <laughs> but i'm no. glad you said that so our conversation with michelle was wonderful and again that was one of those things that was slid into her inbox. She's like, yeah, let's talk right away. And then, you know, within a couple of days, Rachel and I jumped on the call with her and it was like old home week. I think we talked for about 45 minutes of like, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. Great. Let's do it together. Just think of the impact that we can make. And one of those things that you leave a phone call of like, great, I have 26 things to do. And I'm really ch- jazzed about what those, all those things are. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was a great conversation. And we, we think that there's a lot of opportunity to work together and to be able to activate these communities and create kind of that perfect Venn diagram of, of where things can actually happen and where impact can be made. And, and it's all about leveraging everybody's strengths, right? Um, and I think one of the most important things to me about Uncovered is actually bringing the victim to life. Um, you know, as we grow bigger, I, I really want to spend a lot of time on that home landing page where you get to know them as a person um, because that's so important to um, giving back to them their name. Um, and then we can all look at all of these other details beyond that to help move forward the case and bring additional resources to it, but really bringing them to life through the pictures, through seeing where they grew up, um, what the, what the area around it looks like, I think is just so important to people to internalize that information. And, uh, tell us how you're going to use data in your approach at Uncovered. So it's probably how we're not going to use data. Um, yeah, Tim. <laughs> I knew that. Um, so in in my day job, I use data all the time. Um, and it's data from all different kinds of sources. We've, we've all heard about the internet of, of things. And, um, you know, from digging into any case, you guys know that there's cell phone data, there's um, Google data, there's court docs, there's police reports. Um, But bringing all of that information into one place is really hard because some is just a fax uh, or a photocopy of something that you got in your inbox and and another is is digitally available. Um, And it's really turning all of that information into data points and using some of the technology that's out there to learn um, that data. So 
our platform, and this is something, you know, full transparency that we're developing right now, but it's going to be a process of, it's going to use AI or machine learning to sort of link this data together to see the patterns in the cases that we might not have seen. I mean, there are software out there where we could grab all the court documents from a case, feed it into this algorithm, and it will start looking for associations and pulling things out. So if Tim is mentioned maybe on, you know, a hundred pages, but they're all not all there together and all in it's, you know, it doesn't come right out at you. Um, our software, our platform is going to start to recognize those patterns and say, hey, Tim keeps getting mentioned a lot. Um, you might want to look into this guy. Um, but we also will use data um, simply as part of our processes to do case overviews. Um, so we will look at the traffic to certain case overviews to know who's getting a lot of interest in the case. So we know that we need to get a case captain on that one and we really need to, to flush it out. Um, to what Ashley mentioned about our community members learning their superpowers and you know, we have a case, you know, coming up in this area of the country and we know that somebody lives there and we need a photo of this tree um, on the corner of these two streets. So all around us, there is data and obviously I'm getting excited talking about data, but there is technology out there to really start to link it all together and to make present patterns and to visualize it for us in ways that frankly blow my mind um, and I've seen it repeatedly. So that's the long and short answer of that. That is really fascinating because, um, you know, every day I look at something that might be in my promotions folder in my Gmail and I'll go to figure out why it's there, right? And it says, um, click here, it's a little tab or whatever, a little link says, why this ad? And it says, based on, um, what Google has essentially done to monitor your your internet activity. So it's sort of what you're what you're talking about is kind of kind of like that. Like this person is being talked about, or this location is being talked about a lot within all this data. And then you take that and almost assign it to someone in the community to research. Yeah, and and we can do that. And and think about it this way too. It's almost like. Uh, you know, those random product recommendations that you get on Amazon, right? Like I, I was looking at shoes and now they want me to find by, you know, this mixer or whatever. Um, it, it is part of the, the beautiful thing behind Uncovered is perhaps we draw you in with um, a bigger case, a more, a case that has more widespread media, but we can tell based on our algorithm that you also might be interested in this other case with really same characteristics. So we may, um, you know, you may become interested in our site for one thing, but hopefully we can interest you in these other cases that really need um, the attention and resources to them. And you also mentioned uh, we need to put a case captain on that. Is that one of the tiers in your community, a case captain? Yeah, so we are kind of building that out right now. We're, as we're visualizing as quickly as we can, and Rachel's leading that process. I don't know how she does it all the time because we have so much information to get out there. But uh, we're asking for people if they want to kind of come on of kind of help us in this process of visualization. We know it takes a lot of kind of desktop research. And as we've said, 
stuff exists out there. We're not reinventing in the wheel. We're just curating it for an opportunity that it can be validated and visualized. So as we move forward, we want some of those early adopters to what we're building. It's helping us build that to be part of that process to say, hey, I was part of building Uncovered and I'm the reason that you have that special feature because I, you know, consume information this way or I've talked with a bunch of people on my Facebook page and we all do this. So we've been able to kind of help build those features and components that exist. So that'll definitely be an opportunity for people to get more involved of maybe not just coming to the site and kind of poking around, but hey, this case is local to me and I really care about it and I want to take the time to do some extra research or help you organize and visualize that. Yep. And, and I think in part of um, getting to the point of case captain might be that you are validating facts for us on the website. So, you know, we have this timeline. Can someone go out and, you know, source this in three different places? Um, so engaging with the website in that way and helping us verify and strengthen our cases, you know, is all a way to engage and get to that level. And building, bringing other people along for that. So, I mean, I don't know how many times I talk with, you know, what I'm interested in from a cold case perspective or the latest true crime podcast. I have some friends who get it and are like, oh, that's awesome. Me too. Here's everything else that I'm following. And I have some that are like, mm, that doesn't really turn me on. But we want to bring those other people who are turned on by that. So that's an opportunity from a case captain perspective of bring your friends along to this. And if you can get three other friends who are interested, we can kind of set you off and kind of give you some parameters and you can kind of help build that in that process to make sure that it's something that you'll utilize and as important as representative of the information that you want to see out there. Is this something that you would ever approach college students with who might be studying uh, criminology or anything uh, similar to that? It's funny you say that. I just had a conversation this week with a woman who leads the forensic club at Purdue University. So uh, she is one of the board members there. So we've been having conversations. Um, yeah, 100%. An opportunity to do like a, a hackathon for a cold case, especially now where everyone's at home and everyone's on screens and you have students who are engaged. Um, so yeah, we're definitely talking through that. And because we know particularly younger people are more adept because they're native technology users. So they'll be able to find things quicker or they'll be able to find things in places that we didn't even know. Oh, that could be a resource. So then we can back it up and put it on that citizen detective guide and share it for more people. So yes, those relationships are really important to us. And as more people we can bring into the fold, the more we can creative we can get with different types of audience members. That's why I mentioned libraries was really important to us because we know that's a place people are consuming information seeing if it can be connected to cold cases, that's wonderful. The byproduct can be more resources than what we're able to put into Uncovered. The same with students at forensic clubs or in criminology departments. Um, so we're always thinking of those opportunities. So if there's anything else that's out there that we haven't thought of, which we know is a lot, reach out to us and let us know of, hey, I'm with a book club or you know, I meet up with other people and we're interested in this or, I'm an archivist and this is really important to me is being able to make sure that we're archiving things properly or here are the databases that we utilize this. That's important. And those are some of the relationships we're forging, but we know that there are so many out there. And again, that's that notion of collective impact of just because you're not an expert in one thing, you're probably an expert in something else that no one even knows about. Really amazing. And I feel like it would translate well to some sort of live event because you're doing so well 
bringing it all together in in this new virtual world uh, eventually we will be able to go back out in public and and have conventions like a live crime con is that something you'd consider uh, maybe doing something at an event like crime con not you know maybe crime con maybe something else but um doing something on a stage as, as an exhibition and walking people through because it is, I, I want to really reinforce, it is very intuitive and interactive for a site like this. Like, it's as if the Charlie Project became intuitive and interactive instead of just what looks like a sheet of paper, you know, with stats on it. So um, is that kind of on the horizon for you? Yeah, we had actually had plans to go to CrimeCon in Orlando, and then the wheels fell off of the world, much like for everyone else. So um, this is an opportunity for us to think of what are other features that we can work on now. So when we are able to get together in the future, whether it be, you know, a live taping of a podcast that maybe we could be at, or um, it could be at some other sort of event that we could bring people together on, we want to do that. We want to interact with people face-to-face. Um that's part of the community because so often, particularly now, stuff happens on screens and in this world it does because you're consuming media that happens recorded um, or you're in a chat room so you don't necessarily get to kind of know the people who are working on these things. But those small happenstance when you do get together, you know, every year for CrimeCon or another meetup, those are magic where people are able to say, oh, I've only talked with you online, but we've met together three times. We're best friends, and it's been that way for years. We want to be able to kind of create those relationships because for us, that's where you're able to rely on each other, that you know that you're thoughtful, that you're respectful, that you're responsive. That's part of the community. That's part of our manifesto of what we're building and what we want people to be part of. And I think the community is going to be so integral into how the uncovered platform evolves. So understanding how people consume um, the information on our platform, how I I know the first time I met Ashley and Jim and Anna, it was how do you do your research? And just listening to how people do it and engage on the internet is such um, an important part of who we are in learning from other people. So that would be a great way to get that information as well. Well, the site is uncovered.com. Make sure to get your own, your very own Citizen Detective Guide. It is a great resource, and you will learn something, I promise you. I'm learning, looking to throw it right during this. I'm, like, uh, getting distracted. But thank you very much to Ashley and Rachel for coming on here and knocking it out of the park. Thank you. Thanks for having us, guys. Whoever wants to help out with with your cause and, and your mission... What do you tell them? Go online to, to uncovered.com, become a subscriber so we can be in your inbox. But I will then email you personally. So if you <laughs> want to get more involved, please respond back. I'm not a bot. I am a real person. I want to hear back from you. I want to know what motivates you. Um, and I want to know what you want to learn so we can kind of build those resources and that platform for you. So please, let's turn consumption into advocacy for people. When a person goes missing, their loved ones often find themselves overcome with worry and grief. 
Bruce Maitland started the 501c3 nonprofit organization Private Investigations for the Missing because he knows this feeling all too well. When Bruce's daughter Brianna disappeared in March 2004, he was surrounded by licensed private investigators dedicated to finding her. Now his mission is to provide dedicated private investigators at no cost to other families of the missing, desperate for answers but without the financial means. Private Investigations for the Missing needs your help. To read the mission statement, make a donation, and keep up with our blog, visit us at investigationsforthemissing.org and follow us at PI for the Missing on Twitter and Facebook and Investigations for the Missing on Instagram. Because forever is too long to wait.